Hi everyone. I always think it's really scary when someone introduces you by saying, she's just so great and wonderful and amazing. And then you hear me speak and you're like, oops, he got that wrong. Um, so here, just wait and see. Um, uh, tonight I'm speaking on um, Stephen, who we won't read the passage yet, I'll read it in a minute, but it's only a small part of the Bible um, in Acts. And uh, Stephen is quite a, quite a guy. Um, really courageous, and I'll just tell you a little bit about sort of what the Bible says about him. But ultimately, my title for this evening, I feel like you always have to title a talk, so I did, uh, and it is Complete Reliance on God. Uh, and this, I always think, is really, really scary, like complete, everything, all of me. Um, that's quite a lot, isn't it? So hopefully, Stephen will teach us a little bit about uh, what that really means, and actually will make it or make us realize that it is possible uh, to rely completely on God. Um, so Stephen was a follower of Jesus. So after the disciples, uh, the Spirit came on the disciples, Jesus went up to heaven, all of this lovely things. Um, then the disciples started sharing the word of Jesus, sharing about Jesus, the good news. Um, and followers grew. More and more people came to know who he was, who Jesus was, sorry. Uh, and therefore, it got to a point where uh, there were too many followers for the disciples to manage. You know, like churches grow and then you need more leaders. Uh, it's the same kind of concept, I suppose. Although it's interesting because in the passage it says, it's, this is before my passage bit, but it says, that they, they say, um, we uh, really want to keep preaching the word and going out, uh, but we don't have time to do, to serve the tables, I think it uses that term. Uh, but so I thought that was interesting, but maybe that's another talk. Um, and therefore, Stephen was one of seven guys who was chosen uh, to, by, that, by the people, so he was really liked, uh, to, to serve and to lead and to uh, also go out as a, a disciple, making more disciples as we are still taught today. Um, so he was a follower, he was chosen, um, and it says, like literally says it, he was faithful and full of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that was, one of the, that was one of the disciples sort of thing. They were like, you need to choose someone who is, well, actually they said wise, and he is that as well. It says that too. Uh, faithful and full of the Holy Spirit. So that was great. And he was all of those things. Um, but also, uh, he was... Um, disliked by some people. So obviously when you go out telling people something, st some news of some sort, uh, you're going to get opposition in, you know, in the context of now, whatever political party you uh, support, you're going to have somebody who doesn't like them. Um, and in the same way, some people just did not like Stephen. And they were called the freed men who were Jews who had been uh, rescued from, well, who's either like family members, past family members, had been slaves and they'd obviously been freed from that. Uh, but they specifically really didn't like what he was saying and how he was speaking. So they decided to uh, make up lies about Stephen or it's disputed whether it is lies and whether Luke who wrote it is just kind of playing with the word lies. But again, for another time. Um, so they made up these lies about him and which isn't very nice, is it? But but 
<laughs> Stephen sp spoke with real authority because that was the authority given by Christ, uh, by the Holy Spirit, because he was full of the Holy Spirit, as we already found out. <laughs> and um, he spoke, sort of, kind of uh, came against these lies with this really long talk um, or speech, is what it, it says in my Bible. It says, Stephen's speech. Don't you love those, like, titles? I love them through your Bible, you know, you're like, what happens here? And it says Stephen's speech. Oh, so it's Stephen's speech. Fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, so Stephen talks a lot, um, but he's really rich in um, scriptural references. So he, he's saying, do you know what? I know my stuff. Uh, you can't go against what I'm saying because this is actually what, what was written. Um, and this, these people are speaking to him as religious people. Um, so he's speaking on their term in their terminology. He he knows what he needs to say, and he's saying it. But then he challenges them, and he says, "You guys are." I don't think he uses that term. Like, <laughs> you guys. Uh, now he's like, "You people, um, what are you doing? How can you not see that Jesus?" Or he doesn't even use the name Jesus. He just says uh, that the one who was sent. I think. Um, how can you say that the one who was sent isn't the one who was sent? <laughs> Uh, and you sent him to death. Like, how can you do that? Anyway, so this leads to these people, long story short, uh, being really angry at being challenged uh, because they're really religious. They've, they know it all. They're leaders, actually. Um, and obviously, they've got really something against him because they made up all these lies. So the fact he's then saying more to, like, you know, what's the word? Putting something on the fire flame. Anyway, it's getting worse. I apologize for my mind. I'm, I have baby brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, they didn't like it. And that leads us to the passage that I'm going to read right now, which is in here. So it's Acts. If you've got a Bible, you might want might to, but you might not want to turn to Acts 7. And it's verse 54. And then all the way through to 8, to verse 1. And it's just here, look, so you can read it from there also. So um, I'm going to read this quite slowly, sorry. I'm going to read it slowly because it's so powerful. Like, Stephen is, um, it's just so challenging. And you need to read it slowly, I think, because it just goes by really quick. And then you think, oh, my word, did I just read that? It's really quite amazing and here we go when the leaders heard this they became furious they were so mad they were grinding their teeth at Stephen but Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit he looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the God that God's right side he said look I see heaven open and this the son of man standing at God's right side then they shouted loudly and covered their ears and all ran at Stephen. They took him out of the city and began to throw stones at him to kill him. And those who told lies against Stephen left their coats with a young man named Saul. While they were throwing stones, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell on his knees and cried in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. After Stephen said this, he died. 
Saul agreed that the killing of Stephen was good. I, I was so moved by this. I think it's because of my job. So I'll just go into a little bit about uh, what I do. Um, so, well, did. Uh, a little bit about me. My name's Joe. I'm married to Fraser, who I think some of you might have seen speak last week. Or some of you just know him. He's Fraser. And um, we've just, in December, on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve, that's right, we had a little baby called Annie, uh, who was great. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, we decided, well, Fraser really wants to do a nativity scene in the hospital, like you do. So he brought all the gear in his bag, you know, like angel wings and shepherd's staff. And we did it. And all the nurses got involved. It was great. <laughs> all this excitement here. Crazy. Anyway, got home from the hospital and Annie existed in our lives. Um, so anyway, I also am a graphic designer for um, Elim Missions, which is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Elim. The, uh, a few students who come here are from the Bible College, Elim Bible College. And anyway, so I'm the graphic designer for the missions department. So we do loads and loads of missions work around the world. And I kind of um, tell people about that. And Steve is actually doing that job at the moment whilst I'm on maternity leave. Uh, yeah, so that's me. Pretty much we've got also we've got a cat. I think I said this last time I spoke. We've got a little cat. I don't know why I do this every time. He's small, I guess. He's not. He's not even that. He's smaller than that. <laughs> I think he's like, he's like this big. Anyway, uh, it's called Alfie. So Annie and Alfie, I always get mixed up. We didn't name him. We adopted him. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so coming back to this sort of last six months, I'm going to talk about myself a little bit because I find uh, it's easy sometimes to talk about yourself. Maybe not. It might come out wrong. The last six months for me has been um, wonderful in having Annie. Uh, she's really great, and I love her so much, of course. Um, she's hilarious in her own little way, you know. Some of you have met her. She's great. Obviously, she's only six months old. She doesn't, like, tell jokes. And we're all like, oh, you're so hilarious, Annie. Um, just in different ways. Um, but for me, I went from being quite busy, so I was working full time, and um, I was really, really involved in youth here. And I still am involved, but much less. Um, and I was trying to think earlier, what did I do before? <laughs> so there was those two things, and then I think I just really gave a lot to those two main things. Obviously, married to Fraser, so I spent some time with him, uh, had friends, family. Um, I went out the house easily, which is a big deal. <laughs> um, but then it got to this season of like, all of that was taken away. Um, and I kind of was left thinking, oh, who am I? Like what? I don't do design stuff anymore, so I can't be creative, that creative side of me. Um, I can't necessarily do much with youth because as much as I love it, I can't like, put my passion there and get excited about that and um, I can't even actually go out with my friends on an evening because I've got to stay in with Annie which is which is great it's, it's always that thing with mums it was it's great but <laughs> it's great but it's also really hard um, and I've been I think you could call it a bit of an identity crisis you know you sort of step back and think without all of these, these things then who am I 
And I, I, I'm sure, in fact, all of us, all of you, may have had that similar situation where you have lost a job or got a new job or where you finished university um, <clears throat> or a relationship's broken up um, or you've moved to a different town or um, whatever it might be, been across the world, you know, and a totally new scenario. And you, you left asking, who, who am I here? Like, who am I? Um, and it's all kind of stripped back. And so we're la left asking, when all of that is taken away, um, who am I without those things? Um, and that brings us to back to Stephen. Uh, he was, as I said, fantastic. So if you go to the next slide, because that was the question I just asked. What can we learn from... I didn't actually say it, did I? What can we learn from Stephen? Um, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. There should be another... I hope there's more. Ping. Woo. Stephen was full of... By the way, I'm really bad at spelling. There might be like things in there. Everyone says graphic designers are terrible at spelling. I think I've done all right so far. Anyway, full of the Holy Spirit. And I think that in itself is um, a real challenge. Uh, Stephen didn't become full of the Holy Spirit by in that moment somebody praying for him. It literally says in this passage, which is, don't you think it was a moving passage? I think it's just so great. It's brilliant. Uh, it says, when the leaders, I also think it's funny that he said, they say, when the leaders heard this, they became furious. They were so mad, they were grinding their teeth at him. <laughs> like, that's just classic. I love the way the Bible picks up on things that you're like, why is that important? Why is it important that they were grinding their teeth? Obviously, it was very important, guys. Uh, anyway, so we're there, they were all there like, grinding their teeth. Oh, gosh. And, but Stephen was full <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't even notice the grinding of teeth. Like He doesn't even notice how frustrated they are with him. He's just full of the Holy Spirit. And from a place of thinking, um, I don't know who I am, and <laughs> that sounds so lame, guys. This sucks. I don't know who I am. I'm so lacking at the moment. Like, I feel really spiritually dry. Like, um, when I'm sat with Annie, like, when that's what you do <laughs> with a baby at first. <laughs> we sit down <laughs> and play. Uh, no. When I'm sat with Annie, I'm not thinking, Holy Spirit, you know, or Father God. I don't pray all the time, is what I'm saying. I don't sit there praying all the time. And I've, I've found myself being at home a lot and not connecting into God. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm really lacking in that. And yet this guy, right, he's actually about to be killed. I don't know if he fully knows that yet. But these people must be furious. Like, grinding of teeth isn't even enough. Like, they are so angry. You know, they're about to grab him and take him somewhere and then throw stones at him, you know? What a horrible, horrible thing. But he is just eyes set to heaven, full of the Holy Spirit. And nobody's prayed for him. Uh, it's not been an experience where he's been at, like, at a church and someone's been like, do you want to be full, filled with the Holy Spirit? Come to the front. And then he comes forward and 
then he's prayed for, and then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he goes and goes back there. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't happen. Um, but God does it for him. Like God fills him with his Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God, and it's Jesus. So the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit isn't something that's really, really hard to get hold of. Um, if we ask God for it, it says it in the Bible, if we ask God for the Spirit, he will give it to us. In Luke 11, 13, it says, even though you are bad, true, you know how to give good things to your children. How much more your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit if, to you if, to those who ask for Oh, my word. Can't get my sentence out. How much more your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He will give you the Holy Spirit. There is no doubt about it. Um, it is more accessible and isn't as scary as it sounds. And it isn't just falling over. And it isn't just vib like vibrating or whatever. You know, it isn't that. It can be that. And that is sometimes an expression of being filled. But at the same time, you can be in any circumstance. When you leave this building, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit if you ask God for it. And also, another way that we can similarly be filled with the Holy Spirit, like Stephen, is if we drink it up. So where are we looking to be filled? Like, how, how are we attempting to get to a place where we're filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, like I was saying, I... Um, I've been at home a lot, so I should, I should have, and you'd say should have, should have, would have, could have, um, been praying more and asking God to speak to me more and um, like leaning on, on Him more. Uh, but I haven't been. I'm being brutally honest. I haven't been. Um, but there's still the Spirit in me. The Spirit is still here, and it says in. In Romans 8, 5, verse 5, it's kind of just like saying, drink it up. It says, those who live following their sinful selves think only about things that their sinful selves want. But those who live following the Spirit are thinking about the things the Spirit wants them to do. So therefore, if we want to follow the Spirit, if we want to follow God, if we want to um, be living for Jesus, if we... Uh, want to be filled by the Spirit, we need to be knowing what the Spirit wants for us. Like we need to be reading God's Word and seeing what, how Jesus acts. Like how, how is Jesus living? And that is like, like drinking in the Spirit. I was trying to come up with an analogy to link it to being hangry. Because uh, Fraser gets hangry all the time and I really like telling stories about him. Uh, like, so once we were in the supermarket... So see my tedious link there. Once we were in the supermarket, and we'd been at youth where we used to live. So it'd been a really long day. I'd been at work or uni all day, and then did youth, and then got home. No, went to supermarket, Tesco's, about nine o'clock. We hadn't eaten dinner. <laughs> it was hilarious. So we went in, and I was like, where's Fraser gone? <laughs> and um, just pottering around the aisles, you know, Fraser. <laughs> and then I found him in the middle of an aisle, like, can't do it, can't do it. <laughs> And he just didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to eat. He was like, there's too many options. I don't know how to do. I can't make a decision, Joe. I was like, here's some licorice. Go get in the car. I'll sort dinner. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be fine, Fraser. Sort yourself out. 
just eat some sugar. <laughs> it's just so funny. And the analogy is, um, sometimes we're like so desperate to be filled by the Holy Spirit that we're like, want everything all at once. And we get frustrated and we get angry and we get fr- like, we're like, come on, feed me, give me more. Um, and we want it all. And we forget to just eat a little bit, to do a little bit at a time. And to just soak it in like a little bit at a time, like understanding who God is and what he's done for us. Um, looking at the gifts of the spirit, uh, of the, the um, what's the things? The, the song you know, the fruits. Naomi knows a song about the fruits of the spirit. Do you want to sing it? Okay. <laughs> Guys, if you want to know, go see Naomi after. <laughs> and I'm sure she'll be willing to sing <laughs> or you could do it after when we the ministry time <laughs> well I don't even know where it starts anyway you know fruits of the spirit um just one thing at a time like don't be overwhelmed by it um, just drink it in drink it in um and that isn't even sitting and praying that's just understanding who God is and that's how we get his spirit that's how we know who the spirit is it's really good. So don't be hungry. <laughs> uh, take some sugar, licorice. Um, the other thing we can learn from Stephen is that he had opposition. And this is uh, where I really want to challenge you. So when we want to um, go out and uh, when we love God so much and uh, we want to live every single minute knowing that he is our saviour and alive in that. And like um, Stephen was just staring at heaven and keeping his eyes on Jesus. Like he just saw saw Jesus in that moment. Um, you know, the, the temptation and the opposition was still there. So these people were still there when he was looking at heaven, when he was looking up, when he was full of the Holy Spirit. Um. If it was me, I would be freaking out, like these grinding teeth. <laughs> um, it, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. And then it actually, it goes to the point where it continues and he's still like reveling in this heavenly vision uh, when they shouted loudly and covered their ears and all ran at Stephen. So could you imagine, okay, you've said something, got some people really angry and then they start grinding their teeth getting really angry and run towards you shouting and screaming um grabbing you you know what how would you respond to that this guy is just like mega chilled loving life with god you know um and he's just like lord jesus receive my spirit that's the next thing he says lord jesus receive my spirit He's just so with God, like he just gets it. And I am so challenged in those moments where I have reacted so badly to certain things or um, actually just reacted and not looked up, like not looked at God, not looked to Jesus. I think we can all be, we should be challenged by that, shouldn't we? And he was about to be killed. Like these guys were picking up the stones to throw at him. 
Could you imagine that feeling? It's crazy. Lord Jesus received my spirit. He fell on his knees and cried in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. After Stephen said this, he died. Saul agreed that the killing of Stephen was good. Hmm. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after Stephen said this, he died. Stephen was the first person to be um, martyred for his faith. Obviously, Jesus died, but then rose again. He went to heaven. He was the first person to be killed, to be persecuted. That's recorded, I think. Someone might say otherwise. I'm sure that's true. Um, thank you, Rich. <laughs> um, and from that followed many others. And I think that's the next little point. Yeah. Um, many people after this uh, were persecuted and scattered. So it says, I'll just read on a little bit. On that day, the church of Jerusalem began to be persecuted. And all the believers, except the, the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And some religious people buried Stephen and cried loudly for him. Saul was also trying to destroy the church, going from house to house, dragging out men and women and putting them in jail. And wherever they were scattered, they told people the good news. So he started this, um, like going. Like, so the disciples were given the, the Holy Spirit. Jesus poured his spirit on them and before he went to heaven and then they went out and but what happened was the church just stayed in Jerusalem like they didn't go further uh, and this like heroic courageous man um kind of forced the church out of Jerusalem to go to the ends of the earth and I think there's like a theology about <laughs> Johnny looking at you uh, about Judea and, Sam Judea and Samaria about how that's called the ends of the earth yeah, that's right, isn't it? Um, no, you're just nodding at you, you don't know. <laughs> Johnny, that could rely on you. So Judea and Samaria. And um, so anyway, to go to the ends of the earth. And, and that is what they're doing. So they, they actually go and it's persecution that forces that to happen. Um, and we were told and we're told by Jesus that you will be, you will suffer for what you believe. You will suffer. Um, but that got me thinking again, okay, about us right now. Um, you know, I think we've, we've talked a lot some people are called to go overseas and to um, be missionaries. And like I said, I work for a missionary organization and I fully believe that there's something really, really powerful about going um, to other nations, uh, not to force beliefs, uh, but to, to love and to share where there is no knowing of Jesus. Like people don't know about him. I don't think there's anything wrong with going and telling that. Um, and I forgot my point. Um, so first church spread around the world. Where was I going? Guys, this always happens. I think it was a tangent, so maybe I'll just... It's fine. Um, <laughs> there's many people around the world, anyway, right now, still who are persecuted for what they believe. Um, and the, I don't think there's... This is where I was going. I don't think there's anything 
uh, wrong with going, but it's really important for us to be here right now with what we're doing, but to acknowledge those who were across the world persecuted for the faith. Because it brings in this new perspective. When I started working at Ely Missions, I, it just blew my mind like what God was doing around the world. Like He is so at work. He's at work. And we get stuck in our bubble. We get stuck in um, our houses. I've been stuck in my house. Like I've Not literally. Fraser locks the door every day, guys. Help me. Um, I've been stuck in my house. And I've not been like pushing myself to to get out. Um, but these people are persecuted every day for what they believe. There's a little clip. I'm just going to show this little clip just because it gives a, a bit of a perspective. It's from Open Doors who have been spoke here before. Um, and if it's ready, will it work? And it just sort of gives you a little glimpse of persecution around the world, like what's actually happening. Because it's really, really important for us to know it. Go for it. Millions of Christians worldwide are persecuted because of their faith. Every year, Open Doors publishes the World Watch List to focus the world's attention on the 50 countries where Christians face the greatest persecution. Here are the top five countries on the list, the most dangerous places on earth to be a Christian. Number five, Sudan. The government is determined that Sudan should become a fully Islamic country. Leaving Islam is punishable by death. In the north of the country, the government have imprisoned pastors and demolished churches, while in the south they are waging a war against the non-Arab, mostly Christian people. At least five Sudanese Christians were killed and 12 were imprisoned for their faith in 2016. Number four, Pakistan. Christians faced more violence in Pakistan in 2016 than anywhere else in the world. Among the outrages, a bomb attack at Easter in Lahore killed at least 69 Christians. But the violence is ongoing. An estimated 700 Christian women and girls are abducted every year. The blasphemy laws are often used against Christians. If you are accused of having insulted Islam in any way, your life is in danger. Number three, Afghanistan. All Afghan believers are secret converts from Islam. Anyone who dares to leave Islam faces arrest and may even be killed by family members. The result is that there is no visible church. Only God knows how many secret believers there are in Afghanistan. Number two, Somalia. If you are even suspected of being a Christian in Somalia, you could be murdered on the spot. At least 12 secret Christians were killed last year. Christians face violence at the hands of the militant Islamist group Al-Shabaab, but also from family and local clan leaders. Number one, North Korea. North Korea is number one on the World Watch list as it has been every year since 2002. To follow Jesus in this country is to risk imprisonment, torture and death. The regime considers Christians enemies of the state Tens of thousands of Christians are incarcerated in horrific labour camps, while thousands more keep their faith a complete secret, often even from their own family. Even so, underground churches are growing, and in secret, the gospel is spreading. Despite all this, the persecuted church is not merely surviving. It is living, growing, and continuing to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. 
But as persecution increases, persecuted believers need the support of their family, the body of Christ, to help them stand firm in their faith. Today, your voice, your prayers, your gifts are more vital than ever before. So if you were in their position, um, and not, not only are they persecuted, but a lot of those countries are exceptionally poor. You know, they don't have much at all. So not only have they been stripped of everything, um, but they're not even allowed to believe what they want. It's just heartbreaking. And we as the church must acknowledge that we are brothers and sisters with these people and can not only learn something, but we should pray for them. It's just so important. We should pray for those who are persecuted. Um, and my boss said, he preaches in a lot of places, and he said, um, uh, we're better for being closer to the broken. And I, at first I was like, oh, but we're all broken, you know. Uh, but like, these people have lost everything, and they're constantly persecuted. We should be cl closer to these people. We need to acknowledge and lift our eyes to God and see who he is saying, please cry out for these people. They really need your prayers. Please come out of your bubble. I mean, I'm saying this to me as much as us as a church, you know, come out of our bubble and um, be filled with the Holy Spirit and go and acknowledge me in everything you do. Rely on me. I'll just mentioned about this one thing. I once was speaking to a missionary who uh, used to be in Sierra Leone, and she was saying how uh, she would often be invited to, s to speak at different events and stuff. Um, while she was there, I think she was doing nursing and different things as well. But um, yeah, so she was speaking at different conferences and stuff. And she was saying that when she went to speak, all she had was a Bible. That was it. Uh, she didn't have the internet or Google or that is, this, is Google's in the internet, I guess. Um, she didn't have that. She didn't have books and extra bits of knowledge. She didn't have loads of people she could speak to because I think they actually mostly spoke a different language. Um, and so she just had to go knowing that the Holy Spirit was going with her and just be like, Father God, please, <laughs> please help me do this and speak to these people. And um, I pray that somebody... Uh, can relate to what I say and that I just don't say a load of gobbledygook that don't make sense. That'd be really great. And I actually said this before I came here tonight. <laughs> um, but she was praying that and, and she said the first time that happened, it was the most powerful thing that had ever happened to her. Like, and she actually felt the Holy Spirit just as much as everyone else in the room. And uh, she really directly spoke to a lot of people. If you were stripped of everything, all you had was your Bible. I know it's that classic, that game you play in youth where you're like, so if you're on a desert island and all what and you only have one item and everyone feels guilty and like my Bible, <laughs> um, but they're all wanting to say it at the moment. They're like my phone, obviously, because I've got a bat and they go always go. I've got a Bible on my phone, Joe. I've got a Bible on my phone. All right, <laughs> no apps, guys. No internet, <laughs> dude. Jam, Asha. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. I did it again, look, I've gone on off on a tangent. Um, but yeah, if you've got nothing left, all that's all you've got. I think it's just a real challenge to sort of say, what can I get rid of in my life? Who is making me who I am? What is making me who I, who I am? 
am I full of the Holy Spirit? Do I need to ask God for his spirit to equip me every single day? Yes, <laughs> we do. We do need the Holy Spirit. Do I have any opposition? Is there temptations in your life? Is it a relationship that's holding you back? Or like, is it lust or um, fear? Or uh, do you just know too much? <laughs> Some people just know too much. I'd, I joke with Naomi that she knows too much. Uh, but she doesn't, because she's great. And it's just that I don't know much. <laughs> do you, so what is it? What's, your, what's the thing stopping you? What's your opposition? What is distracting your eyes from saying, from the Bible, from somebody writing your story and saying, but their eyes, I mean, but they were full of the Holy Spirit. What is it stopping someone writing about you saying, um, they looked up to heaven while somebody's like slandering you and being horrible? What is the temptation that's stopping you? taking your eyes away from Jesus. And finally, let's, considering that we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that we have, let's remember those who are really struggling. Let's get a new perspective. Let's see from God's perspective, in fact. Um, remember what is important and pray for those who are persecuted around the world. Let me pray.